Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the first episode of Diving Deep with Sam Fricker. Today we have one of my good friends, Brittany O'Brien, who's an Australian diving champion, Commonwealth Games medalist, Olympic athlete with nearly a million followers across all her social media platforms and has started and run multiple small businesses. So, Britt, thanks for being my first guest. I'm on it. Now, we've trained together for a long time, and a lot of your social media stuff is really fun, and it's very engaging. But I feel like there's also another side that's super dedicated to have achieved what you've what you've done with diving or, or socials. So, I suppose a lot of people would, would want to know, because we post a lot on social media, and there's rumors that you've been my girlfriend. <laughs> how, how do we actually know each other? Um, so I used to go to school with Sam's older sister, Holly, and she used to do diving. And I remember she like just started at my school and I was like, oh, I feel like I should go talk to her because, you know, I see her at the pool and stuff. So I went and kind of introduced myself and then we got really close. And then kind of after when I was in like year 12 or after high school, I would spend like pretty much every day at your house. And I think I knew you a little bit, but I don't think you were quite in – the institute i was like a junior at that stage yeah um so then i yeah ended up getting close to you through your sister i guess and your family your big family so i mean when you first went to the olympics because you were still in school you were 18 Mm. first games and we were saying goodbye and i was a junior at that time so i was just like you know what i thought that's like that's my (laughs) biggest dream if i could do that one day that'd be incredible your first olympics what was what was that experience like take us back to the trials as well um it was yeah that year was absolutely insane um probably like one of the best and also one of the worst years of like my whole life I at the trials I placed well technically I placed second but the girl who was beating me the whole way through she um ended up injuring herself during the competition and had to pull out and then she put in like a special consideration and she got picked because she was the silver medalist in London so she's very good and very deserving to go Um, But it was definitely disappointing hearing that um, I didn't actually make the team. But then I ended up getting a late call up like I think two weeks before the competition. Um, And I'd had some really bad preparation because I'd just gone through a lot of stuff like a couple of weeks. um, Well, it was actually the day I found out that I wasn't going to the Olympics. I like ended up um, losing someone that I was very close to, like he passed away. And so it just felt like everything bad was like happening all at once. And then, yeah, so to get the news finally that I was going to the Olympics it was kind of just like like this um but yeah no it was it was a big year <laughs> I remember seeing you at training after that because you're like oh I got second and I was like oh she's on the Olympic team and you're like oh well technically no and then I remember seeing you at training you're like well it could happen so I, I've got to train really hard but there's also a chance it wouldn't so I don't really know where my motivations mm. are and that would have been a really tough time and yeah put the loss on top of that yeah yeah because right. obviously I went through that loss and then I had to keep training because my coach was like look there's a small chance you might be going like I know you're struggling a lot but you have to keep pushing so yeah to rock up every day was definitely very hard but I think it was also good because it took my mind off things and like kept me I guess working towards a goal um I didn't just like run away in my bedroom which I do often do (laughs) but yeah no it was it was fine (laughs) and then going over the Tokyo because I remember first seeing the news on tv actually so yeah you were talking (laughs) that you're heading over flying in Tokyo was a little separate too because they flew everyone in separately but the whole team had already gone what was it like then landing a little bit late to the village then going on to competing in the green pool the green pool (laughs) yeah um 
I honestly don't really remember. I think because it was just so much all at once. I think a lot of it's just very blurred in my brain. I also have really bad memory. But um, yeah, I, I remember getting there and like getting to the village and it was very overwhelming. Like I'd never been, it was my first major competition. Like I'd never been to a Commonwealth Games, like a World Championships, nothing. So it was definitely like a lot. Um, and like the village with all the other athletes and, you know, they all kind of like stare at you and like it's just mm. very, you know, my Different. first Olympics was similar. Like yeah. I, I had never been to a Commonwealth or World Championships. Yeah. It was my first major event as well. Yeah. And then I got, I got to the point and I was like, well, everyone's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely felt a bit like out of my I, – I kind of – there was a part of me that felt like I wasn't really good enough. I think mm. maybe because I hadn't initially been selected and I was kind of like a backup. So I think there was a big part of my brain that was like, oh, you don't actually deserve to be here. But then once I competed and I got through the prelims and I almost made the finals, I didn't quite make the finals, but I mean, to come top, whatever it was, 15, um, definitely like boosted my confidence a little bit. So. Especially at the Olympics, like yeah. the, the pinnacle of sport. And when you say you feel like you didn't qualify, I know it was an interesting event, but mm. you finished in the second position, which yeah. is what it takes to qualify through. It just can be some technical stuff that, comes up every every now and then yeah and then from your your social media because you didn't have a lot of socials back then eh? it was something no. that came a few years later yeah i mean i started doing tiktok in like 20 2020 it was around the time of the bushfires <laughs> do you remember that video <laughs> i remember because we were both starting a similar <laughs> yeah. time and somewhat like competing with each other and you were the first to yeah get we had a competition who could get more views <laughs> and likes yeah we're both like making <laughs> content around pool but it's our content is very terrible content but you you were the first to get to get a million and then you were known for the the work and follow oh, girl so for a long time embarrassing yeah i did like a video um about the bushfires and i like breathed smoke through a lot of people didn't realize it was me like they started seeing my dabbing content and then later they realized now like oh i remember that video <laughs> but yeah it still haunts me to this day <laughs> that, that was a great video though it no, did it wasn't that did like millions and yeah it was, it was on the fires which were really bad at the time yeah. i remember they even co closed the pool one day yeah yeah it was, smoke was too rough and then with with the socials what's what's your motivation to to make videos um i've just kind of always loved it like even before social media i used to make videos i mean when i was like 10 years old i'd make videos in my backyard like on the trampoline and like pretend to do little vlogs and they obviously wouldn't go anywhere but <laughs> did it was you just, post them no, there was nowhere to really post it on. Like we had Instagram, but I don't know, people were using Instagram very differently back then. Um, but yeah, I just, I've always loved it. And then once TikTok came about, I just started posting for fun and didn't actually expect anything from it. And then, yeah, the last few years, it's just become more of a, I guess, job, but I still treat it as a hobby. I mean, I don't even view it as a job. So that's good, I guess. Because with, with, your, with your content as well, it's very like light very true very honest and as someone who knows you well i feel like it's it's a good reflection of who you are as well how do you find when you create it do you just try to be as natural as possible how do you keep it really raw and organic um i mean i've always yeah i've tried to just keep it very authentic um i think at first i would post sort of like the bad and the good of diving and i feel like that was something that not too many people were doing at the time and i know a few people were a bit like, oh, like, how can you post that? Like, surely, you know, you wouldn't want to be putting your bad dives out so there. So, the competitors, I feel like it's such a taboo thing yeah. to post you doing anything that's not absolutely professional. Exactly. Yeah. But I just sort of didn't really care, to be honest. Like, I don't really care how I'm viewed in that way. Like, as long as I'm performing when I need to perform, mm. like, that's proof enough that I guess I can do what I need to do. Um, and maybe it kind of, like, lowers the expectations of my competitors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I've just – I don't – enjoy seeing all the kind of curated fake like I see a lot of athletes even still now just posting like only about their I guess highs rather than like I don't know I just it kind of cringes me out a little bit to see that so I just try not to do that and yeah keep it and I think it does help a lot of younger athletes coming up um like I've had a few people tell me that you know it's inspired them to start diving and like they feel a lot better seeing that I'm not perfect like yeah I don't know I just I feel like that touches on a bigger topic of like perfectionism yeah whether it's like filming a video or diving if you have like analysis paralysis and think of all the things that could go wrong and then you never even get started yeah 
I feel like allowing yourself to make mistakes in training and even share that on social media, it's what you need to even do to perform at a high level. Like I know when I'm at training and I'm struggling with the dive, I just need to accept that I just got to slog a few out. They're just <laughs> going to be rubbish, even if it's for a few weeks. Um, and, then, and then that's how you get through it. Yeah. But I think it's been really good to see that other side of diving as well because it's such a true side. Like it's only around competition where – I know for myself that I'm really on my head nailing dives. And outside of that, I'm typically missing because the yeah. dives that we do are to nearly the capacity of what you're capable of and you need to be kind of peaking to be able to do them really well. Yeah. And if you're nailing your dives all the time, they're probably a little bit too easy. <laughs> and then True. starting starting your business, I know you've had Draco, which was a jewelry company. Tell us about that and then what's coming with your with your new exciting one. Um, yeah, so Draco Jewelry, I started in lockdown just because I was a bit bored and I just ordered a whole bunch of stock and started making jewelry in my bedroom and kind of just did it as a bit of a side hobby. Um, and then I was going to start taking it seriously, but I wanted to make it better and I got a bit sick of the jewelry. So now at the moment, I'm kind of working on some clothes. Um, it's a very slow process, but I'm hoping it'll be ready next year, like early next year. Um, but yeah, no, that. I'm going to put a lot more effort into that than I put into the jewelry. I feel like that was kind of a good practice run, um, just learning like the basics of a business. And then I've got my friend Jake involved and he's going to do the actual business side of it because I don't really know anything about that. But yeah, no, it's been it's been fun, but slow. Can we share the the name of it yet or is it still? Yeah. Um, so it's called April and Mayhem and it's like that's my sister's birth month, April. And then I'm born in May and then I just added Mayhem. Um, my mom came up with it actually. But yeah, it's it's going to be like sort of casual clothes, like little dinner dresses and stuff. And then I'll have a few plain T-shirts, like unisex T-shirts. And I don't know, maybe I'll have a men's range in the future. But yeah, I'm starting basic and then I'll build it up. And April Mayhem, that's referring to the like kind of chill side, then a more interesting side as well. And I saw you can do flip clothes, which like completely doubles like your outfit options, which I haven't seen before at all, actually. Yeah, I'm going to be focusing on sort of versatility so you can mix and match all the pieces and, yeah, like I guess expand your wardrobe without actually expanding your wardrobe and, yeah, um, just something a bit different because I feel like there's a lot of brands out there that are very much the same kind of stuff and I wanted to make it like higher quality as well. So, yeah, I'm still working on the samples and everything, but, yeah, it's been fun. When learning all that stuff, because I found when I started Sam Straws or any venture, whether it's even the podcast, like it's, you're diving into a deep end where you just feel like you don't know anything or like yeah. how, to, how to do anything. It's like, oh, I've got to set up a company. Like, how do I do that? I use like YouTube to work my way around a lot of those things. What have you find the most useful to get over all those hurdles along mm. the way? I struggle a lot. Um, yeah, I struggle to get started on things. I'll just procrastinate. And if I feel like I don't 100% know how to do something, I just like won't do it. So yeah. it's honestly just a matter of just doing it, even if you it feels wrong. Like with the samples, I had no idea how to design it or how to like send it off to the manufacturer. I just guessed. And even with fabrics, like I did my research, but I kind of just guessed and like I was like, I'll just see what they <laughs> kind of yeah. come That's out with. That's all you can do, right? Yeah. And then once I actually like, start receiving the samples, then I'll kind of be able to visually see what's going on. I think I'm a lot more of a visual kind of learner. YouTube, I've watched a lot of YouTube. And again, I'm lucky I have my friend Jake because he's run, he runs um, multiple restaurants. So he knows a lot about the business stuff. So that's good. But yeah, you just, you literally just have to have a crack. So Jake's a legend. He's, yeah. um, he's a funny guy. <laughs> if anything, he'd be a stress relief on the job as well. Yes. Like, and he pushes night. me to do it. He's like, you need to like actually yeah. start. I'm like, oh yeah, I should. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because he's running all his own stuff. Right? Yeah. That experience would be super helpful. Yeah. And he kind of holds me a bit more accountable because I don't hold myself accountable. So. I feel like the accountability is so important for everyone. Like during COVID and we didn't have our coaches there to make us train. I found that really difficult. Yeah. Like I'm someone who's really self-motivated, but accountability I think is still really important. Like yeah. when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, should I go to training? It's like, it's not sure. It's like, yeah, you don't have a choice. Like you have to, they're there, they're waiting. Like yeah. you're going to get in trouble if you don't. In fact, that accountability everywhere is, is really helpful, whether it's like business or socials. We've got our man, Eddie, <laughs> keeping this accountable. Legend. And then back to, back to the diving, because something else you've done in your diving career that not many people do is you went from platform down to springboard mm. tell us about tell us about that journey 
Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I've done 10 just, meter. Just so everyone knows, Brittany went to the Olympics for the 10 meter platform and then went to the Commonwealth Games and won a medal on springboard. So that's two huge achievements in nearly completely different fields. Just a bit of context. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, I used to do platform and I always saw myself as a platform diver. I never even really thought that I'd be capable of doing springboard. I think, um, I just, yeah, always thought that, that was my specialty, but in lockdowns, obviously we didn't train for a while and, um, I'd always had a few problems with mental blocks where I'd kind of overthink my dives and then I'd like stand up there and not be able to actually do the dive. And I thought I was over it. And then after the lockdown, I got back up on 10 meter after a few months off and I just like froze um it's almost like you know how they say like the yips in golf when you just like can't hit the ball yeah um and I wasn't even scared like I thought if I go and I land on my face like I don't care I just want to do the dive but it was just something kind of blocking me and I tried a lot of different things I tried you know meditating I went to hypnotherapy which actually helped a little bit but not enough um and this was all leading up to the 2020 Olympic trials as well or yep. 2021 and I ended up having to withdraw from the trials because I just didn't have all my dives. Like I hadn't done them in, yeah, however long. Um, and then I was actually just going to quit after that. I thought like, you know, that's me done. But my coach sort of told me, I think you'd be like, okay, on springboard, maybe give it a crack. And I, at first I was like, no, like there's no way. But um, yeah, then I started and I actually loved it. I loved training. It was a lot less stressful. Um, I wasn't standing up there scared for my life. I was a, yeah, it was a lot more chill and a lot easier on the body as well, which I like. Um, and I'm able to do more kind of repetitions without getting sore. And I just, I feel more prepared when I'm competing and stuff, but yeah, yeah the first springboard competition I did was woeful. Like I think it was probably. <laughs> I find that interesting because you've you've made this huge huge change from the ten meter platform down to the three meter springboard. You've been training for months. Mm. Then you get to your first event and that confidence takes a hit. Yeah. How'd you get through that? Um, I mean, I was just so nervous because in springboard you have to do like a hurdle takeoff, which is a lot different to platform. And I think I was just so in my head. I'm like, oh, what if I stuff up the hurdle and and. I did stuff up the hurdle because that's all I was thinking yeah. about. And yeah, my confidence took a hit and I had some people afterwards be like, oh, maybe you should go back to platform. Like, mm. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing on springboard. And I think so after all those that, naysayers have that moment of like, yeah, we, we kind of yeah. told you like, see, and that, that's, that's tough. Yeah, it was hard. And then we had the state champs a week later. And I remember the night before I was just bawling my eyes out in bed, like I can't do it. And then I got there and it was, fine like the stage it wasn't anything special but it was better than the week before yeah and then i think the next comp i had was nationals and i think because i'd done a was lot more training commonwealth trials yes okay um yeah melbourne so was, yeah yep. commonwealth games trials and world's trials in yep. all in one and i didn't really expect much because i was up against some of the best springboard divers in the world like maddie keeney annabelle smith georgia like yeah. so many amazing two olympic medalists yeah and my coach had always said like no i think it'll be fine like you know you you could make the team and i'm like love chava yeah such, i'm like there's no way <laughs> yeah um and then i ended up winning somehow i don't know how i just managed to put together like three rounds of consistent dives and yeah it was definitely like a very amazing feeling because I, it was just something I didn't even think I was capable of and definitely, yeah, boosted my confidence a little bit. But um, yeah, that was. Would you say that's one of your best diving memories? Obviously I have the Commonwealth medal now, but um, I think that one was more special because it was just so much more unexpected, I guess. And just, yeah, like, um, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, it's, it can be tough to put in the words. Yeah. But I remember watching you at that event and just thinking, like, oh, she looks really solid, comfortable. And when you when you won, I was like surprised. I was also kind of like, oh, yeah. Like I'm also kind of not surprised because <laughs> the diving was solid. Like it was just solid, didn't miss, on your head, consistent. Mm. And I thought that was, that was incredible. That's always a very stressful week, those trials at Australian Championships. And just so you know, like when you go to one of these trials, it's like, you either perform and then you're traveling around the world for basically a year competing on all the <laughs> international stage yeah. or you're done for the season. And yeah. it, it's really like you're going to go through and compete or you're kind of done and they are they are really stressful. But that would have been such an incredible moment after having that loss, 
making the change, everyone being like, oh, maybe you should just go back to platform. Like, what are you doing? And then just coming back and, and winning, beating everyone. Yeah. Even that week, like leading up to it, I'd heard people kind of talking not so great things about me and my springboard. But yeah, it was kind of nice to prove everyone and myself wrong. So yeah. Now being, being a female athlete and posting a lot on social media, how have you dealt with some of the negative backlash? Cause I know there's a ton of positive staff mm. and you've got a great team around you, which, which helps support you. But when you've dealt with that negative stuff, what, what do you do? And what's that like? Um, I've been pretty lucky. Like I don't get much hate. I mean, I do a little bit, but I think compared to a lot of other people, I've gotten it pretty good. I definitely get a lot of comments about my body, I think, because I'm in a swimsuit a lot for my sport. Um, like, yeah, a lot of, I guess, judgment there. But I think now I'm very used to it and I kind of just delete or like block, which kind of sucks that you've just had to like learn to get used to it. Mm. Like it shouldn't be a thing in the first place. But I mean, no matter what you're doing, if you're on social media, like you're going to cop yeah. people saying also stuff. about everything. They'll even like get creative. <laughs> yeah. Like some stuff I've, I've seen heard. some... About myself, I'm like, what? <laughs> or like stuff I didn't even like, I wasn't insecure about before. Like if you, I don't know, people comment on my boobs. I'm like, yeah, that's valid. But then like comments on like my teeth. I'm like, oh, I thought my teeth were I mean, okay. When you come to training, you're like, oh yeah, I had like a new insecurity unlocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very creative. Some of the, yeah. But I definitely have a very long <laughs> blocked list. <laughs> and it's mostly just creepy comments, to be honest. Like people will just say things to you that they would not dream of saying in real life. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of them are always like married with kids as well. <laughs> but yeah, you just kind of get used to it. And it's sort of sickening to see how many like disgusting mm. people there are, are out there. But there's also like a lot of good and mostly good. So I try to just focus on that as opposed to the other stuff. I know in the past I've let it get to me a lot and I've made a few yeah. videos about it that got like a bit of traction. Um, but yeah, now I just kind of ignore it and... You know, I actually don't mind though. Like a really funny, witted, like yeah. <laughs> mild attack. I don't mind on me. Like sometimes I read something, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of funny. Sam gets <laughs> a lot of hate. Yeah. Can I say like, I, I don't know what I've done, but like, I cop a fair bit and most of it I find hilarious. Like sometimes I read some and I'm like, oh, actually, I actually find that kind of funny. But because I never read my comments really, yeah. it's normally like Xanthi or you or... Someone comes to me like, did you see this? I'm like, nah, All right, give me a look. It's just it's hilarious. Even about like my diving or like my gym yeah. technique, I'm like. Yeah. Oh, your gym technique's questionable, I will oh, say that. No, no. I used to always get in trouble for like doing things fast, but it's just my way of doing things. Like even when I train, I'll come in and I'll just do my stuff. I'll do it fast. I'll do it efficient. Do you? I'll do it as correct as possible. Oh, as possible. Yeah, as correct as I know. But that's funny. We got like these professional coaches these specialized gym coaches and people in the comments Stephen reckons he knows more <laughs> I, like, I had someone the other day comment and say i think if you did more core workouts you'd be a better diver i'm like thank you that's <laughs> what yeah, i'm trying saying, to do i'm not saying i know more than Stephen, but spenny certainly does like he's he's an expert in the field yeah but i find i find a lot of it a lot of it kind of funny especially like when, when you're diving like i feel like that's the real challenge like when you're like up on 10 meter at a competition, people are trying to mess with you, throw you off. You're already nervous about the dive and the comp and you push your way through that. I feel like that's where I've built a lot of my resilience for the social stuff because it's nothing compared to that. Have, yeah. you, have you found like your diving has been really useful for dealing with social media and your business? Yeah. And I think also in the way that like it doesn't even feel like really, it doesn't feel like hard work or anything to me. I mean, yeah. I know social media like – in the grand scheme of things, isn't like a hard job um, compared to most or a lot, but it's just something that feels very easy. And like, I think, cause we're so used to grinding so hard with the diving and, you know, getting up every day and like having such a tight, tough schedule. Um, it just, yeah, it feels quite easy in comparison and fun, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like helped in a lot of ways. When it comes to yourself, cause I know you share a lot on social media, but what's something a lot of people wouldn't know, wouldn't know about you? Oh. About the old Brittany O'Brien. <laughs> probably a lot of things I don't share on the internet. <laughs> um, I mean, I think as a person, I'm probably a lot, people are often surprised that I'm a lot more like quiet. and Yeah, Xanthi says the same about me. Oh, really? I feel, yeah, I feel like everyone thinks I'm like really loud and yeah. out there, but 
I mean, I think both of you and I are like around our friends, but yeah. people we don't know, like I'm quite a anxious person. Like if I don't know you, I'll probably not talk to you. And it's not because I'm rude. I'm just really shy. Um, and I think because people will watch my videos and I kind of yap on a lot and like just don't <laughs> shut up. So everyone's yeah. like, oh, she doesn't really talk much. But yeah, that's probably the main thing. Because um, when, when you're on socials, like I find like when you're doing a voiceover, like you're, like you're excited, you're conveying the point, you're sharing the story, especially that I am. And then mm. people meet you and they're like, oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty mellow. Yeah. See, I could not keep that energy up all the time. Because like when I'm doing my voiceovers, it's like I'm doing my voiceover, I want to yeah. share the story. But most of the time it's like it's fairly mellow. Yeah. And I'm also always really embarrassed to like film in public or take photos in public. But I like happily <laughs> post it on the internet for however many people to see. Uh, yeah. The filming. Brittany, um, <laughs> instead of bringing a tripod to training, she just like sets up a whole structure that's like more low key. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get like chairs. two chairs and stack them up. I'm like, oh, it's too embarrassing yeah. to have a tripod. Yeah, I'm like, do you want to use my tripod? Nah, it's too light out there. Stacks up like three chairs. And that would cause a, a scene. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to know a video. Yeah, the, the training content's such a enjoyable thing. And as you were saying before, like when training's been really hard and your motivation's down, like just going in to make some videos, you get your training done and you can get a video of it. You get like an extra sense of achievement, yeah. even when training wasn't that great. Yeah. And I think at first people were a bit like, oh my God, like why are they filming a training? Like what are they doing? But I think now people are a lot, are a lot more used to it and like I think more people are doing it as well. So yep. I think it's kind of... Certainly yeah, more just... people are doing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a taboo thing when we started. Like yeah. I, when I first brought my tripod, it was like, I just like... <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was like I was like the center of attention for the next month. Like everyone was just staring at me. It's like, like you murdered somebody. When I came in, yeah, I was like, I'm just. It's like a singular stick holds my phone. I like leave it low key on the side to film my dives, and it was like a really big thing. But I feel like everyone's been so much more accepting and cool about that because, from what I've seen, no divers or especially no one in the institute has been able to film document get access and share training because mm. it's a sacred space where us leaving the phone on the side doesn't affect training because yeah. we're leaving it there at the start we pick it up at the end you do your thing in between but it was such a big a big thing around yeah the pool. as long as it's not interfering i don't see and i think also people are now more understanding that it's kind of like our job now yeah. and it's sort of how we make a living um so yeah i think people are a lot more like encouraging now but at first it was definitely weird and i still get really embarrassed every time i set up my camera so yeah i i because I, I don't really care too much and when everyone yeah. was kind of looking at me i was like oh but i think that over time people have been a lot more like just not really caring you've definitely helped me a lot with my confidence <laughs> like you just kind of don't give a crap and you just like do what you want and like you don't really care what people say and it definitely helps me a lot yeah so yeah it's oh, been good nice. to train and do be on this like social media journey with you i always find that super good to have you as well because on socials especially for diving like we've, we've nearly not shared so much of this stuff and then to both be on a similar journey at the same time doing it all together it's so easy coming to training and if something comes up to be able to talk about it whether it's like brand deals or mm. trials or content content around trials olympics like i feel like that's such a a unique thing that we can share throughout the career and, and that's why mm. i like love to have you on the first episode i'm honored yes so then when it when it comes to major events because i initially really struggled with like big events and long competitions and what i found really helpful for me was sticking to a routine whether it's like my warm-up what i do on the pool not super rigid because everything changes as you go, as, yeah. as you know, around comp, like nothing really goes to plan. But what have you found help those comp nerves on the day? Um, I think I go about it a lot differently to a, like most of my, I guess, competitors. Um, like I try to keep it very chill. Like a lot of people have their headphones on and they'll be like in the corner, like yeah. looking at the wall. Do I feel like the headphones <laughs> in the corner, like staring at the wall, surely that's like... It, like building the anxiety up. That's what I up. thought. Like, like it's just I not, like it chill. Yeah. Like I'll possible. even sit and kind of watch my competitors and everyone's yeah. like, how can you watch and like keep track of the scores? I'm like, yeah. ah. Yeah. Bro, I want to know how I'm going. Yeah. What do you mean? Like I don't want to be. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the dark, coming last. Like, yeah. I wanna, if, I, if I'm coming last, I want to be at least fighting. Like, know what I got to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. And I usually sit next to my coach and like force him to tell me jokes and like just keep me laughing. And I try to treat it like training as well. I mean, if I'm obviously if I'm training well, um, like I don't want to treat it like training if I'm not training very well. But yeah, you don't want to change anything, obviously. And I just like when I'm actually standing up on the board, I just think, oh, just like training, like it's easy. That's one of the things I always think is just easy, easy, easy. And I don't even really think about the dive because it's second nature at this point. Um, So yeah, that helps a lot. And it's also something that's taken me years to sort of establish like a lot of trial and error um especially you know being new to springboard i've sort of had to change my routine a little bit there Um, has that mental change been different because i know when i compete platform it's different different anxiety different concerns yeah um i think so i like yeah it's definitely a lot different but i think i've i've probably like matured a lot in like the last few years um since i've been doing springboard and i guess just more of an established routine. I think on platform, I was always a bit kind of all over the place and didn't really know, like didn't really have much of a, like I didn't know what worked, um, but now I feel like I do. And yeah, that's just something that's taken, I guess, years to develop. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about too recently is like, I know it's what the coaches say, but (laughs) sheer consistency in training goes a long way. Yeah. Like when you've been nailing it in training and you go up there and you nail it in comms, like, yeah, it's those dives where you haven't been nailing it in training and you're like, oh, hopefully I can pull it out when I need to, you know? That was my issue on platform. Like I would always, I always had like injuries and just, I was also a bit lazy when I did 10 meter because I think I was just not lazy, but I was scared and I would always kind of find excuses to get out of it. And then I'd get to competition and be like, oh, I have not done enough training for this. So I think that's, yeah, definitely changed a lot, like, just being consistent in springboard and getting the numbers up and if you've done it a million times in training you know how to do it in competition so and it's just be. like managing managing the nerves like yeah easy exactly. i can do it that like positive self-talk it's definitely hard when you're like nervous and you're kind of like shaking constant battle eh? oh it's so hard very rarely i walk into a comp like <clears throat> oh, i got this <laughs> and if you do then there's probably something wrong like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But when I feel like I'm performing, I always do better when I'm, when I feel like I'm diving defensive. Yeah. Like defensive yeah. diving. Yeah. I used to just compete to like get through the list. Whereas now I'm like, okay. Dive to survive. Let's actually try and get some good scores. <laughs> but springboard training is different too. Like I, you can go up to springboard and train your list once, twice, mm. three times a week where a lot of platform divers, you can't do that. Or it takes months to work up to where your body is physically capable to handle that drain without getting injured. Yeah. Where springboard, I could probably take a holiday and flop a few times and still be right. (laughs) In terms of like an injury perspective, (laughs) but it's they're both really difficult in different ways. Like they say platform is harder to train, easier to compete. Yeah, agree. And then springboard easier to train, harder to compete because then you get to calm and you throw in this hurdle, yeah. which is such a technical movement yeah. that you need to nail. I swear I jump like five times lower in competition than in training because I'm just so nervous yeah. and I can't like control the jelly legs. <laughs> that first step, you yeah. like kind of calm it down. And then when you're in the position, I feel like that extra not comp nerves makes up for it. Yeah, it's true. like balance yourself out. Sometimes I'm standing there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what leg I start on. Like <laughs> yeah. I've like done it. 500,000 yeah. times, but I like don't know if it's my right leg that I step with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like most of the comp stuff is just like... Oh my God, I keep licking it. Trying to stay like... Most of the comp stuff is just like trying to stay cool, calm. 
and just just relax because there's a million ways to get it wrong and it's kind of like <laughs> one way to get it right yeah <laughs> yeah it's so particular as well with diving like the angle that you take off the board is basically like determines how you're gonna land in the water like it's so precise which is yeah hard and that's the same on springboard and platform yeah like that trajectory because yeah. it even makes a difference of how well you know where you are in the air, like the palabra. I can't say that word. The what? What they call the palabra? What they call that, Tim? Parabola. Parabola. <laughs> the parabola that you take off on actually affects your aerial awareness. So if you get like a good one, you're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're bang. Where if you get a bad one, it's like, oh, I don't know. Over. Yeah. Makes a difference. Yeah. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. My name is Brittany O'Brien and I'm currently in the process of starting a clothing business. This is the first time I've talked about it on anywhere. So you're the first to know about it. And if you want to be the first to follow it, you can find it at April and Mayhem on Instagram and TikTok. Or you can just follow my personal socials at Brittany O'Brien on also Instagram and TikTok. Has there been anyone in particular that's inspired you that you've looked up to or a certain trait that you've tried to implement yourself diving elsewhere? Um, I mean, I honestly, I didn't watch, like, I didn't really watch diving before I actually got into it. Um, so I didn't really know too much about the athletes or anything, but when I first started and I was training with like Melissa Wu, Matthew Mitchum, Alex Croak, um, that would have been a cool time in the pool. Yeah. And it was kind of different cause I like, I trialed out for the Institute and I, initially didn't get in because I wasn't good enough um so I was kind of put into this little like random squad and then I'd like I'd see them at training but I don't know they just once I started like understanding who they were and like they were very good like Melissa Wu particularly I always looked up to her and she's been through like a lot as well and she's just always kind of gets on with it um and that inspires me a lot um and yeah also I mean in more recent times now that I'm doing springboard I very much look up to like Madison Keeney and now, you know, her and I are really close friends as well, but I still very much use her as inspiration because she's just such an amazing diver. Um, yeah. So. Maddie is someone else who I see is just like having the crack. Like she yeah. competes some of the hardest dives women have yeah. ever done in the sport. Yeah, it's and amazing. she has a crack and I love that. Yeah. And I've been like wanting to do that kind of thing. Like I really want to try some of the harder dives. And you've sent some of them before, like your front four and a half, you reverse three and a half. Yeah. Possibly in with three and a half. It's coming, maybe. Yeah, she's someone that I, she's always said like, you know, obviously the Chinese are generally the best in diving in the world. And she says like the only way to beat them is to have harder dives than them. And, you know, because technically they're always, I mean, pretty much always perfect. So that's just like kind of the only way, I guess um she sees and that's yeah something that i want to kind of in years to come i don't know how long i'm gonna be going for but you know i'll try and have a crack yeah mel is someone who i've been actually inspired by as well like melissa Wu, two-time olympic medalist Mm. but what i love is her story about it wasn't just natural talent like she worked really hard she had a lot of challenges yeah and i heard one of her talks when she sat us all down in melbourne and gave a presentation and I trained with her every day for years similar to you and a lot of this stuff I didn't know either mm. because she's just a training head down working hard and when she explains these mental barriers that she had to overcome like, I like was really impressed by that because I've had to overcome mental barriers myself where you either don't believe in yourself you don't think you can you don't think you're good enough you don't think you can do that dive that's just like you've tried it a hundred times and just failed like just not worked wiped out and when i hear her talk about how she went through her own mental battles and found the way to get around it and like always her just finding a way Hmm. like no matter what whether it's been outside diving she's always found a way yeah i've always found that really like someone's been through like a hard time and just keeps finding a way yeah i find that really commendable me too even in, yeah, as you said, outside of diving, like I asked her for some business advice because she's had her clothing business and now obviously her gym and she's literally just said, you just have to do it. Like just figure it out and do it basically. I'm like, oh, okay. Easy as that, I guess. Yeah. Very inspiring. Mel. Yeah. Good old Mitchum's won the uh, <laughs> SAS. Mitchum. Did he win? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Him and some other guy ended up coming all the oh. way through. 
He's a scammy, but I love him. <laughs> he, oh, I saw this funny clip of him. Like the, the staff was like, "Why are you like? Why do you sing?" Yeah, and he was like, "Do you think we sing on the battlefield?" <laughs> so oh, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so like, him. sing for me. Like range, he sings, <laughs> and then. But I feel like that like mindset of keeping everything in the hardest time still lighthearted. And he's also someone that's been so authentic, like yeah. in every way. Like he'll just always be like a thousand percent himself. And I think I've looked up to him a lot in that way as well. So, yeah. And his technique, I remember watching him oh, dive, amazing. like just do a back two and a half on five. And I thought if I could ever do a dive similar to that, I'd be happy. Like <laughs> yeah. it just looks. He makes it look so easy. Yeah. Some of the like, stories as well that he perfect just. Perfect technique. Like he'll rock up to competition and just like <laughs> be so all over the place and like. <laughs> I think there's stories of him like not even realizing his event was on and he rocks up and he's like, oh, it's now. Like doesn't do a warm up. And then just, wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. I think I'm sim- similar to him in that way, but not quite to that extent. <laughs> yeah. He's a legend. He commentated my event yeah. when I won a medal at commies with Shishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was nice. I got a really nice photo with him after <laughs> with the medal. And he he trained with us when we were younger, but he retired before I became like one of the older guys. Yeah. No, I'm the older guy. I think I'm one, oh, one of the oldest now, which is kind of scary. It's weird transitioning like that, hey? I know. Like, I'm and it went only, like that. I'm only 21, but at N-Swiss, I'd be the the oldest. Diving's very young sport. Like, I'm 25 and that's getting there. <laughs> and when I was young too, I never thought, like, you just, I don't know, you just somewhat don't believe you'll grow up. Yeah. Like, you just, like, oh, yeah, but that's just Decker's, like, that's Mitchum. He's he's older. Like, and then he gets to that. He's just like, oh yeah, okay. I gotta. <laughs> that's me now. I gotta figure that out. Yeah, and I think also because you're sort of like a bit of a role model for the younger kids, and you have to sort of keep that in mind when you're at training as well. Yeah, um, yeah. that's also important because like, just like anyone, I get frustrated at training sometimes, yeah. and like I'm not perfect, and training is a struggle, and that's part of the journey. Like when you come into comp, you you normally make a lot of mistakes. But you can't get too frustrated because you do have a lot of those guys, kids around that, that might look up to you or look to you to see how the program runs. Mm. And you've got to try your best to just, even in the hardest days, just not get too upset. Yeah. Keyword try. Keep it professional, not yeah. say yeah. appalling things on pool deck <laughs> yeah. in front of kids, yeah. which I do sometimes. <laughs> I love how well's always good at like when I'm frustrated with my dives, like keeping me super chill tomo used to be really good at that yeah he yes. used to like pull me over and make me laugh um and that would like switch me back into professional mode yeah being being in diving for so long <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry let me rephrase being an experienced diver <laughs> has there any been any traits that you've seen the people that are successful have Ooh. Like those divers that make it, whatever they is, making Olympics, winning a medal, becoming Australian champion. Is there anything about those divers that stands out to you that makes um, them different? Or the ones that go that mile, the ones that get over the line? I think I see a lot of people, I used to be the same, um, make a lot of excuses and blame like external factors for their performance or you know i had this joke with curse the other day it's like i didn't dive well today but the air was off yeah something smelled different in here today yeah i, like, I mean people like that yeah. i mean i used to be like that um and yeah, we you know. all fall into it i feel oh, like yeah when i'm having a bad day i try to think of any reason as to why it could be except for my performance yeah <laughs> like, yeah i think not taking i guess accountability um and i see a lot of that in like the younger athletes i think um, not naming names, <laughs> but yeah, I think one thing I've noticed is people who just, you know, they don't have excuses and they don't like blame, you know, oh, I dived bad because I did this and I didn't work hard enough. I think that's, you know, kind of one of the traits of someone who's going to be successful as opposed to someone who's just sort of blaming everything else. Um, or like blaming the coach. A lot of people blame the coach. Bro, can I say a lot of the older guys, like on the Australian team, Never seen it. Not in the Australian team. People, we don't. We don't do that. Yeah. Like it's normally if I make a mistake, I nearly apo- I apologize to my yeah. coach. <laughs> like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well. Yeah. So like, you should have kicked harder. I know. I know. <laughs> you were right. I'm so like, I would never turn around and and blame them. 
but yeah i think that's just something you learn as well but um yeah that's definitely one thing like sheer accountability yeah i feel like it's the only answer and like the ability to want to i mean you have to know how to sort of take criticism in sport and a lot of people don't know how to take it well so i think that's one thing that you definitely have to get used to is taking criticism and listening to the feedback of you know people who i guess probably know a bit more than you or yeah understanding that people actually do know more than you um, yeah like your coach for example that's a great one i find that skill actually really useful for Mm. all areas of life like just being able to be coached Mm. like diving i come in and say if I'm sorry, if I'm running my business, I'm like, okay, we need this, 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 always open ideas, but ideally this is how it's got to run. I come to the pool. It's like, I'm open-minded. I'm doing what I'm told. Like I'm, I'm here to be coached and I'll do what they tell me. You're very good like that as and, well. Oh, thank you. I just, you keep your head down and mm. you just do it. Yeah. And I think that that is important and to be humble enough to know that if you knew how to do it better yourself, you'd be doing it. And just to listen, do what the coaches say, do all the numbers they say. <laughs> well, it's like, make sure you do all your basics, Sam. Well, yeah. <laughs> loves his basics. Well, loves doesn't. his basics. Yeah, I, I used to hate them, but I hate them. as they make my diving better, I, <laughs> I, I like them better. But yeah, that ability to be corrected and be criticized because I've even been in a meeting and people are like oh were you not offended by that i'm like nah man like it's it's probably true yeah <laughs> and, and that's the way i look at hate as well like when people hate on me on social media <laughs> he sucks at diving <laughs> oh it's probably true <laughs> no 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 i look at i look at it in the sense of like if someone hates on me in social media i don't know them they got nothing to do with me they're probably not an expert so i don't <laughs> care but if my coach comes and tells me how to die better i listen if you come and said oh sam you probably shouldn't do this or that on socials i'd listen like i value the people's opinions oh, i do except I, for wearing the suits to the events he okay, doesn't listen well, to that if i value a, a, a good idea i wear suits to all my events and i hate it shout out to politics for getting me the suits i love them i love them i wear them everywhere and Britt's like you can't wear it to ocean alley i'm like yeah you wore a suit to a concert i wear them everywhere they're nice i got off topic but yeah i think i listen to the people's opinions around me and you have to take that criticism on board yeah but not the haters yeah and also just trusting the process as well that's one thing i've learned to trust my coach because he'll always tell me trust me like it's gonna work out like if you just do everything Mm. i say you'll be fine and so now i just try and do everything that he says and then usually it's fine so yeah it's so like that too because diving you could come in and you're doing your basics they're great Uh, you're doing your build-ups they're great and you go up to 10 they're a bit of a struggle for a little bit and you're like i don't know if it's all going to come together but your coach is like it's just part of the plan stick to it get through this and when you're in the midst of it because you've got weeks of this difficulty you don't know like it's a lot of unknowns yeah but then when it comes together you're like "Mm, yeah that was good yeah and i always try to trust the universe as well yeah i'm i'm big on that yeah like if i'm going through some bad stuff um i'm just like oh well, that means that something good's coming so that's just sometimes kind of when like i just get like a challenge after a challenge after a challenge i just think to myself like the as if the universe or is saying like how bad do you want it yeah like how bad do you want it and like i look like, back do you really want it you'll get through it exactly yeah like in the past stuff i thought i would not ever get through and then come out the other side and i like realize oh that kind of did have to happen for me to like learn this and Mm. be able to do this and yeah it's all kind of i guess flows into each other even like the person you have to become to overachieve achieve those things or overcome the problems like that is a gift in itself like they say like it's not making the million it's the person you have to become to make the million Mm. which is invaluable and i feel like when it comes to any challenges it's like the person you have to become to consistently overcome these challenges is worth the pursuit of figuring it out yeah i've even heard like people talk about once they've like achieved what they want to achieve and they're like kind of hit with a oh like you know what was that all for like it's a bit of a disappointment and then they realize that the actual whole process was like the journey as opposed to the result and so it's yeah all about growing and learning i guess i've never experienced that so far Mm. um where i've achieved something and just felt like it wasn't it i don't know have you have you i haven't experienced that yet i think 
Commonwealth Games, I mean, I guess it's not like See, even now I'm like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I guess like a silver medal at Com Games is like pretty I good. I feel like everything though, it seems impossible. Then when you do it, it's like, oh yeah. But you either don't give enough credit for how much of an achievement that really is. But I just, yeah. I mean, I remember standing up there and I was kind of just, I think this is just a me problem. But I was like standing <laughs> on the podium. I'm like, oh, like, did I just do all that work for like this? Like, it's just like a random little piece of like mm. metal on like a string. Like, look at my little trophy. Like, <laughs> my, oh, is, is it just for like the validation of people? Like, I don't know. I just kind of yeah. questioned my whole existence after that. Um, and I was obviously like happy and proud, mm. but it was definitely like weird. Again, I've never won an Olympic medal and maybe yeah. that would be different. But yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like, and I've even had people be like, oh, you don't seem that excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I am, but uh, I don't know. It was just weird. I looked at my Commonwealth medal differently. Like really? when, yeah, when I won my medal with Shishing, I was so happy because it, for myself, it was personal success because mm. I'd set out a plan and a goal earlier that year. Like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And I saw that whole plan unfold yeah. to, the, to what I wanted. And that was why I found it successful. And I think it's, it is somewhat of an exterior motivation to having a physical medal, but it's an interior motivation to want to fulfill your personal goals and challenges. And I think maybe that's why I was really like really proud and, and happy with that moment. Mm. And it was a step down from yours. I got bronze. You got silver. <laughs> I think it's a pretty normal thing to be like happy with the medal. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just have problems, but <laughs> no, no, no. Well, did you, did you plan to win a medal? Like, did you have a goal? I know you want to do well, but did you think you could, did you plan on like, did it catch you off guard? Um, it caught me off guard. Okay. I think I knew I had potential because I was always quite good on one meter and I had a bit of a harder dive list to some of my other competitors. But that was my first ever international one meter competition. So I didn't have the highest. Was it? Your first? Yeah. And I did pretty poorly in the prelims as well. I think I only just really scraped into the final. So I just. That's I, all you got to do though. Yeah. And I kind of was happy about that because I was like, oh, I'm saving it all for the final. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it. But, I yeah, I just remember looking on the scoreboard and being like, oh, what? And I, I more so expected it in the three meter and then the three meter didn't really go to plan, but that's okay. Um, yeah, maybe it was because I didn't expect it, which is why I felt so weird about the medal. But I don't know. I think that was just – I think it's just the way I am, to be honest. And I think that's probably a good thing because it means I'm always wanting more and I'm not just going to, like, get achieve something and be like, oh, you know, that's good enough. Like, I don't need to work harder. I don't need to do anything else. So maybe it's good. I, I feel like it's certainly positive. Uh, yeah. Because it's also not getting your self-worth tied up in, in the medals. And yeah. Like, yeah, we all, all want to do our best. And sometimes that's winning a medal. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes yeah. it's just doing your best and you feel good. And I feel like if you just need that medal to feel that validation, it can be tricky. But you've always got to work towards it because that's where you want to be like if you're going to be putting in the hours you want to be at least trying to be one of the best in the field but it's a, it's an interesting thing i i certainly think it keeps you very like unique and very genuine as well because you're not like changed after you win a medal that was something when you first made your olympics i for some reason thought that we weren't going to be friends anymore. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, I saw Brittany just come around to my house like she normally does. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I was like young, by the way. I was like, whoa, she's an Olympian. And she like, come around to my house. I was like, that's so cool. She's like, hanging out with um, Holly. And yeah, you didn't change one bit. And I didn't know you well enough then, but I was like, whoa, like that's, that's cool. I think, yeah, a lot of people do. You even see it in like the social media world, like, People yeah, will get the tiniest bit of attention on social media and they're just like their normal personalities out the window and mm. they're doing everything for, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah. I feel like that has a timing on it though. Yeah. And I feel like people are, people are smarter than what maybe sometimes they get credit for. Like when they watch something, I feel like people know whether it's genuine or not. Or they'll watch enough to the point where like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um. And I feel like if you do put on or can be super fake. People figure it out. Yeah. Or you, or you, or you catch yourself out. You yeah. catch yourself out. Yeah. Eventually. Now, I need to come up with a, a final question for the podcast. I wanted to keep this consistent across all my podcasts. <laughs> so, the, the diving deep. Oh, God. 
I, I, um, I'd like to pull it to, to motivation. It's kind of why we do everything. Like, what, what do you think is the, the three things that, that motivate you the most? I just do it because I'm like used to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just. Routine. Routine. I, yeah, I do like having routine. I mean, I find if I've got time off training, I kind of go a little bit crazy. Um, I think like always having something to sort of look forward to, like at the moment I'm working towards obviously the clothing brand and I guess, you know, the diving is what helps my socials and then the socials is what's going to help my It all clothing. feeds into each other. Yeah. So now that I've sort of established that, I find it a lot more easy to kind of show up to training and be motivated because I know it's helping other things. Whereas when it was kind of just diving by itself, it was a little bit harder, I think. But yeah, I guess routine and um, just trying to always like be sort of a better version and like keep kind of upgrading if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. Having things outside diving, I feel like it's been really important. Oh, yeah. When I didn't, all I had was diving and your value's so tied up in it. And then when you have a bad day, you feel like a bad person, like when you when you can't dive properly. And then having things outside like the business and my mm. social stuff, it kind of gives me more well-rounded like self-awareness and, and, and value because you're not just pulling it from an external thing that's that's diving something that you can't even control sometimes yeah 100 percent. and i'm also lucky i have a lot of like really good friends and i have a pretty good social life and i think since i've been you know obviously i'm not out like partying and stuff but if i'm going out yeah. to my dinners with friends and like that kind or of events things, events like you love a good event yeah, yeah, we do. Um, Sam goes to his weekly movie premieres. <laughs> I, I don't even know when it starts. I swear I go to a premiere every week. I yeah. feel very grateful. Please keep inviting me. They're the me only out. movies you watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have this joke with, uh, I have this joke that unless the actors come out before, I don't watch the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, even that's been a huge life change. Like I remember I just got back from the Commonwealth Games and traveling around, I did a massive trip after the commies. And then I come back and just start getting invited to yeah. these events. And it just basically hasn't stopped. <laughs> I've gone to like nearly a weekly event ever since. And it's so much fun. Um, how, how have you found that? Because I, a lot of these events, I didn't even know they existed until I started getting invited to them. Yeah. It's definitely like a different, very different to, you know. Um, and the events are all very different from each other as well. They're so much fun. Yeah. They're always a lot of fun. And it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of something to you know take your mind off training i guess and yeah just meet new people that are also in the social media space and yeah it's definitely a good time most of them are like straight after diving too so yeah. an event will probably start like six and i finish training at five so like run out to my car just like whack my suit on and i'm gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got the chlorine hair <laughs> yeah. i turn up looking like a bombshell yeah. i just don't mind <laughs> All my hair's like stuck together from like the chlorine. It's like all over the shop. So I have like a nice suit and I'm just like, give it a crack. I normally rock up to training like an hour early so I can finish early and do my makeup. But yeah. Yeah. It's normally like, I'll I'll train later, but start later and just meet you there. And then yeah. You're coming early. I'll be like leaving, going to get ready. Yeah. But it's good fun. I love the events. They're so much fun. Well, that was my, my first episode. Thanks for coming on, Britt. Thanks for having me. Hope I was insightful in some way <laughs> no certainly i even find it interesting even though i know you very well to dive deeper on a lot of things and, and why you do them and what kind of got you to where you are and those that kind of hurdles and changes throughout your career that people may not even realize mm. were huge like huge leaps make sure you go and follow brit on instagram at Brittany o'brien mm -hmm. tiktok at Brittany O'Brien. <laughs> With two N's. <laughs> two N's. Oh, mine's a double F. Oh, really? Yeah. Double F? Sorry. Sam uh, double R. Double, double R at the end. Someone yoinked my name. Same. So Actually, I'm good friends with someone called Brittany O'Brien. I don't think it's her though. Oh, that's Someone right. else has it. That was a very interesting story. <laughs> Until next time. But yeah, thanks for coming on. That was Diving Deep with Sam Fricker. <laughs> <laughs> with who? <laughs> Had to think about that for a sec. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching all the way to the end and I hope you guys tune in for the next episode. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.